Wasn't that just such a, a wonderful worship to be able to just praise God? Um, Alright, um, I need to pray for a sound man. We need a sound man in the church. We need a media pastor in the church. So, um, uh, any one of you that uh, God is recruiting, alright, so <clears throat> um, it means there's an advertising going on, so uh, it's wonderful. I want to share tonight about feelings. You know, emotions is so much a big part of our lives. If we don't have emotions, um, have you seen these robots, these AI robots, and they try to give them emotions and it doesn't work? I mean, if a robot laughs at you, it sounds, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it just doesn't work, you know. And uh, so there's something about emotions. There's something about that God has given us emotions. And emotions is a wonderful energy. If we don't have emotions, we don't have fuel, to do what we have to do. How many know that if you work for something and you don't have passion, it's like, hmm. You know, you don't want to work for someone who doesn't have passion. And imagine a relationship, a marriage without emotions. Hello, Liffy. Like your buyer. So not your voice name, but not your say. We need emotions. Now, when we talk about emotions, emotions is trained, is, is functional to follow data. How many of you watched a movie and it's a scary movie? It's not real, it's not going to kill you, but you're scared. So your emotions are made to follow data. Now, and I have to be honest, you know, I'm not good with emotions. I'm sort of a rational person. So give me what you think. I'm with you. I'm all ears. I'm very interested to, f- to know what people are thinking about. But when they go feeling, I go, I'm acknowledging. Because how do you know that, you know, feelings is like... So listen... You have to know and you have to find out what data, input, reports, stuff you are feeding your emotions because your emotions will follow the report, the data, the input you give it. Did you know that? If you take mountain climbing and surfing and endurance sports, Mountain climbing is, is all about learning how to, to look at the data, the data of your fingers, the muscles, the strength of your muscles, the ability to stretch, the angle of the rock, the ability of your weight to hold it, and you take all that data to maneuver yourself over a rock. And the same with surface. I've heard about surface. They say some of the experienced surface can actually feel the, the set of waves before it comes. They, they can literally feel it. The, okay, it's a clunker. All right, Chantal. And uh, so, 
and it's data. And what they've done is, over years of experience, they've learned to read this data accurately so they can position themselves accurately to get the best waves. And you think about endurance sports. And me, I'm a, a, a cyclist that likes to do long distances. And you have a smart watch with a heart rate. And that is important data because it determines your exertion. If you, if you go too hard and you go full out and your heart rate is too high, I've discovered when I was still like inexperienced, they call it bonking. And, and I bonked after about 100 kilometers of cycling. Your heart rate is gone. Your blood sugar fell. You want to faint. And, and it took me about three, four hours to just function again. I couldn't breathe because I just depleted all my energy because I was misreading the information. So can you understand that if, if you don't know what you are feeding your emotions... You know, a rock climber that misreads the information can fall to its death. A surfer that misreads the signs can get into a wave that's too big and maneuver it wrong. You can die from endurance sport of, you know, getting a you know, full exertion and you didn't get the responses. So, guys, listen. This has happened on Tuesday night at the men's meeting, and I was just thinking about all the reports we get on a daily basis, bank accounts, bank slips, cell phone data, social media data, news, what is happening in the Middle East at the moment. We get all these flash movies of information that we are bombarded, and we get to people and we get facial expressions, like now I'm getting none, and I'm going... All right, I need to dig deeper. I need to preach harder. And you're reading facial reports. And, and you have all this data that is coming on a constant basis. And somewhere you have to read all of this, maneuver yourself, get your act together, and be all right. How many know that doesn't work that well sometimes? And if you look at just the way that people are divorcing, how many marriages fail, how many relationships fail, how many businesses fail, and all those relationships was made if it feels so good how can it be so wrong and the, Jordan B. Peterson does in his book 12 Rules of Life, he does this interesting story where he says, it has now been proven that human beings look better after our pets than ourselves. So what they did is they researched. They did this. They, they did research on whether people can keep the prescription that they've received from a doctor. It's a medical professional. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. You need to drink this medication precisely this amount at this hours. And it, particularly if you've gone through some you know, serious operations, you, know, you don't bend like this, you shouldn't do this. 90% of us ignore, ignore all of that. No, 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 I feel much better. I, I'm, I'm not going to finish the, <laughs> the prescription. I, I, come on, who's guilty here? You know, you know I, I, I feel much better. I'm going I'm to walk. You know, I'm going to just go this. I, I just feel. Yeah. But when it comes to our pets, believe it or not, we follow the thing by the book. <laughs> so funny. And then I realized, but this is our problem, that our biggest indicator, report, decision maker, 
It's not academics. It's not following the reports. It's, I feel like doing it. I feel this is the one. I really do. <laughs> and uh, how many, come on, just, did you see? How many of you broken your diet rules? You, you just committed to a diet and then you saw a cake and you just felt, I have to have the cake. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I have to have the cake. And guys, oh man. It's not good to make decisions on feelings. And then some people will say, no, no, no. It's my gut. I have a gut feeling. It's like the gut coming to the feeling makes the feeling go to another level. I really don't know how the gut and the feeling gets together here, but somehow when it's a gut feeling, then I'm right. I had a gut feeling. How many had gut feelings and were wrong? <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> no. Here's the truth, guys. Gut feelings is trained. The surfer trained his gut feeling over years of experience being in the waves, reading the signs, and eventually he trained that gut feeling. You have some very clever people working with finances who also makes gut feelings, but they finished PhDs and they've been working 30 years in the field and they have a gut feeling that have been trained over years about the financial decision they're about to make. To me, the strangest thing is where young people that are 14, 15 years old say, I have a gut feeling about this. And they override the gut feeling of experience of the parent who says, that, that person, that friend, <laughs> that relationship is, is wrong for you. No, 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 I feel. I really feel this is right. Is anyone getting this? I mean, is this, come on. We've all made these mistakes where we made emotional decisions and they weren't right. They were disastrously, disastrously wrong. Ah, okay, you're So what's the solution? So what's the solution? How do we mitigate life? We can't read books before every decision. We can't go through, you know, all the social media. I just recently discovered that with Facebook, the, uh, we've been doing ads on our sermons and our live things we do. Now, if I pay Facebook, I boost the post. I get up to 5,000K viewers. 5K. So now I'm very happy. And then I think, I wonder if this is real or is this just Facebook wanting to make me happy I gave them money? <laughs> you know, you make decisions like that and you go, uh, uh, uh. So, guys, it's hard to make all these decisions about money and relationships and life and, you know, mitigate ourselves. Is this right? Is this the right thing to do? And I want to set a course to you tonight that the Bible gives us clear direction. Say amen. How many want to find out? How do we make good and righteous decisions 
based not on our feelings, where our feelings actually support and energize our decisions. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel 18, verse 19 to 33. And I want also you can look in the notes on hrco.co.za and there you'll find under sermons, on the Hilbronner under sermons, you'll find the notes. And particularly if you can go there on your cell phones because I actually later have some homework for you that I want you to look at in the notes. So if you can go there. 2 Samuel, you've placed it. All right, 2 Samuel 18 verse 19. Now this is an interesting story and you don't, you can read it while I'm talking so you can just get a gist of it. But this is a very interesting story in the Bible. It's about Absalom. And Absalom rebelled against his father being the king David, being the king of the, of the country. And so Absalom made some friends with some very influential leaders. He, he won their favor and eventually, in secret, he became to oppose his father's kingdom. And at one point, you know, David was like, just a father. He says, you know, let him have it. And then his men would say, no, no, King David, you are our appointed, anointed king. And this is not right. We'll fight for you. We'll defend for you. And, and David is sort of in a very difficult place because this is his boy, man. This is his son. So eventually, there's a battle. And David went to Joab and the other two generals. And he, he told them, he says, just be, be kind to the boy. Just, just, I know we're into battle. I know it's a, it's a war, but just, you know, just look out for him. And you know the story. I mean, Absalom, with his long hair, went under this bush, got caught in it. They killed him. And now the victory has been, has been won. And then, you know, the Bible's interesting because, I mean, you would think that's a big story. I mean, that's the story. And then he goes, it's like insignificant information about two messengers who's now supposed to send a message to David. So you have two guys, the general, Joab, the Cushite. He tells the Cushite, he says, I want you to go and you are to bring the message to King David. We've won the victory. Tell him about his son who died. This is the message. And there was another guy and he says, no, no, let me go, let me go, let me go. And he says, no, you can't go. I've already decided, this is it. I'm going to send this guy. No, no, I really want to go. So he sends off the Kushite, and then this guy says, man, I really, he says, Machano, go. So this guy is so passionate, he outruns this right guy, he gets there first. And David is like seeing him, and his people are seeing him coming from far. And, and he's, this guy particularly had a certain style of running appearance. So, they said, there's two men running. He says, but the one runs like this guy. <laughs> and so this guy gets into the, the king's court, and, and David is in anticipation to get the news about his son. This is what happened. He says, oh, King Almighty, we've won the victory. He says, but what about my son? He says, no, 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 I, I wasn't there. I, I didn't see. He says, just, just, just stand aside. And then the Kushite was the messenger. He says, O King Almighty, the victory has been won, and God has judged your son, Absalom. And Abs uh, David, obviously hearing the bad news, but this news was the best news, was the right news that comforted him. You know, it's interesting today in, in media, 
particularly social media, that more people are interested to be first at sharing the news than to share the right news. The children. The, 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 the funniest thing about to me, we, we didn't have children, but, but, but I have you, and, and the church children is my children. So to me the funniest thing is to see the sibling warfare. And the sibling warfare is, is about the one that gets to tell dad first who did wrong. <laughs> is that true in your houses? There's always to be the brother who splits on the others. And says, hmm. And you go, oh, man. So, another interesting story is Jacob you know the story of him and Esau, and they went to their, their father, and they had to be blessed. And Isaac was blind, and he heard, you know, Jacob speaking. I mean, he heard a voice, and he says, well, stretch out your hand that I can feel and touch. And eventually he felt, but he was hairy, and he then blessed Jacob. It's another beautiful story how we can get the facts wrong. How many of you became offended at someone because someone told you a story of someone? And they particularly leave out certain details and you go, huh, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, just like. This, just this really, and then you get into that whole court case and you haven't heard the other side. And we get all emotional about this because, we, again, we've heard a report that is not a full report. Listen, if I'm at the doctor, I want to hear it straight. Amen? I want to say, Doc, say for my right foot. I want to know exactly. Are you like that? It mustn't sort of. Tell me straight. And there's something here that is an interesting story that we have to measure, we have to study the reports that comes to us on a daily basis. I'm serious, people. Because on a daily basis, people are giving us reports about our business, reports about how things are doing, and how many you know the Bible says you get evil reports, bad reports, deceived reports? The Bible speaks about this in your notes. On a daily basis, people are giving us reports. That's not always the truth. And my point tonight is that you can't make decisions on these things. So yeah, what is the solution? You thought, I'm never going to get there. Here it is. Psalm 119. You can start reading, and by tonight, 12 o'clock, you've, you've been done. Right? <laughs> now, Psalm 119, it's interesting that this book, or this psalm, is the longest psalm in the Bible. And in this psalm, you hear David praising God for his judgments, praising God for his precepts, his laws, his truth. And he's, he's, that's what the whole psalm is about. He's just 
Over and over, you say, God, I thank you for your will. I thank you for your desires. I thank you for your judgments. I thank you for the way you do things. Thank you for the truth. Thank you. So, here's something that you've never heard before. A mountain climber, the best, have a certain pattern by which they climb. That pattern is the same pattern for all mountain climbers. It's what they call a three-point contact. When you climb, four, one hand, one hand, one feet, one. And you always have to have three places in contact in your maneuvering over the rocks. And there are others about the way you bend, the way you channel, and, and the way you line. And there's a there's a particular method that you have to learn if you get into mountain climbing. If you go to surfing, you think it's fantastic. That, those guys just don't surf. There's rules. There's rules of the game, rules of the sport that they have to learn and acquire those skills, exercise, practice those skills until they become so good that they have a gut feeling now on how this works. And the same applies to endurance sport. Endurance sport, there's certain things they learn, methods they have to learn, they become fit, the way they, they spin the wheel and so forth. And by acquiring those skills, they get the gut feeling on how they need to do this. So, here's the solution. I discover the way of God. And when I know the way, the precepts of God, I know how God does things. How does he work? How does he think? How does he operate? That becomes my template, becomes my exercise, becomes my methodology, becomes my system, becomes the thing I live by until it becomes second nature. And now I judge all these reports by the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, our weapons of our warfare aren't carnal but mighty in God. For what? For pulling down strongholds and so forth. And then he says, For every thought that is raised against the what? Knowledge of God. So how many know that his thoughts coming from Israel, from, from Palestine, and thoughts from America, and thoughts from comedians, and thoughts from the left, and thoughts from the right, and you have all this stuff, and you just go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the knowledge of God? What's God's way of working with people? What's God's heart about war? What's God's heart about peace? What's God's, you know, how does God do things? You look at the economy and it's, you know, and I, I, I fancy academic writing, but the fancy thing about academics is that the one report, another guy writes to write another report to disprove that report. So you're never really sure. Okay, uh, am I updated on which report is now the right report? And don't get into food. Because, you know, then we should eat this and then we shouldn't eat it. And then we should eat it again and then we shouldn't. And it's like, oh my God. My point tonight is, and you need to get this, if I understand the ways of God, it becomes my, my recipe. I asked... Any bester friend of mine, he's a incredibly brilliant guy. He's been in politics. He's been in business. He's the CEO of Centfree. Centfree is an academic organization that does economic reports about Africa. 
So we were having these long discussions, and I'm talking to him about how can we solve society's problems. And I'm asking him, man, uh, what, what is the one thing that the church should do uh, in this world? What is the one thing the world needs from the church? And, and my mind was, you know, we should train the children. We should be spiritual and have spiritual meetings. And, and then he looked at me like this, and he says, if people don't know God, we lost. And I'm, no, I'm talking knowing God. I'm talking knowing His ways, knowing how He operates, what is His way of doing things. You need to get into the mind of God as it is. And that takes time and effort and relationship and encounter because you can't just read it. It's an experience of this is how I know God is. Amen? If you go into the, into the Bible in Ephesians, we just did a, a course on this in Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 17, 3, 19, 4, 13. Interesting. This is the most, they say it's the literally the summit book of the New Testament, Ephesians. It's in Ephesians that, that God brings together through Paul the, the whole dream he has for church and for society and how the world should work. Three times in this book, Ephesians, he speaks about until we come to the knowledge of God. Jesus declared, and you know, some people say, okay, Jan, but that's a mystery. Because God is a mystery. No, no, the mystery has been solved. His name is Jesus Christ. If you want to know the ways of God, look at Jesus. Amen? So, how do we make right decisions? Well, be Jesus in business. Be Jesus in finance. Be Jesus on the farm. Solve. I remember I was going and speaking to a guy who was going through a really tough relationship. And he says, Yeah, I don't know what to do. I feel this and I, I feel this and I. Okay. I said, hey, pray about being Jesus. Because the knowledge of Jesus, the manifestation of Jesus is going to solve this difficulty. Man, sometimes I want to give up on preaching. But God says He's chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Because I would say, God, can't we have better ways to teach people the knowledge of God? Can't we have movies and 3D, you know? You know? And, and thank God there's some of that as well. And these days you get animations, you get all of this. But I've learned, it's like Jordan B. Peterson and the doctor story. People... Even if the doctor tells them, this is how you use your medication, I go, I feel much better now, doctor. Thank you. <laughs> and people listening to the sermon tonight goes, yes, yes, the knowledge of God. But, but, but I feel much better. Let me just do my own thing. This, this knowledge of God thing is like difficult. It seems like you need to, I don't know, how do you do it? Well, I don't know, start by praying, start by reading the Bible, start joining a church, start getting into Bible school, start be busy with the, the person of Jesus Christ. No, no, I'm a little bit tired now. I mean, it's like, here's the solution, here's the answer. So Jesus says, to make it very bluntly sure, he says, if you want to be first, you need to be lost. If you want to live, you need to die. If you want to get, you need to give. 
And this is right there where people go, no, no, I think I need someone else's knowledge. <laughs> you know, I did it my way. Ah, oh, man, my goodness. Now, man, you, you can see I think about this. This is a thinking sermon. I, I, I can just see, I'm not getting amens and I'm just going, yes, far from power. Yeah, I really work this out. But, but, but now listen. So now you get some clever oaks that goes, yeah, 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 this knowledge thing doesn't work because my desires doesn't like knowledge. Who discovered this? On a cigarette box for more than 30 years, we are told, this is bad for your health. And people go, I feel like smoking. And if I feel like smoking, I will be smoking. <laughs> you go, yeah. This is the problem. Uh, knowledge, feelings. Oh, knowledge, feelings. Okay. So let me solve that one for you. Once you've had an encounter with God, He sorts out the feelings. How many know that the knowledge of God is not a static doctrinal document you read. The knowledge of God is to get to know him, and the Greek word is gnosis, gnosis, which means experiential knowledge. The surfer that doesn't get into the waves and he gets to experience it and gets to be tumbled a couple of times will never learn and teach his gut feeling. And the rock climber that never gets onto the mountain Never going to get it right. Durant's writer, same thing. Reinhard Bonke has a clever one about this. He says, so there's this atheist that he's been in dialogue with, and he says, I don't believe in this God stuff. Because if God is in the world, and God is real, and God is love, why is the world so wicked? So Reinhard Bonke says, yeah. And there's a lot of soap in the world, and yet there's a lot of unclean, filthy people walking around. You can live and buy the soap. You can carry the soap in your pocket. You can buy all the soap in the world and drive it around. You can have it in your car. You can have it everywhere. But if you don't wash yourself with the soap, you stole. Not clean. Say amen to that one. That's clever. Allah! God! So knowledge about Jesus means nothing unless you experience God. Until you use the soap. God, help me. This is a good sermon now. Listen. The reason where people's emotions is not at the right place is because they've never had the encounter. Because if I read the Bible, whenever people had an encounter with God, they sat on their faces and their lives changed. Amen. Huh. Wasn't it nice tonight? And this is powerful stuff. Because you see, emotions has never, has not been designed to lead. It's supported. It's, it's, it's made to support. We got the order wrong. Say this, write this down. Emotions is not supposed to lead. It's supposed to follow. Data. What data? The knowledge of God. 
I should have said that right in the beginning of the sermon. It would have made it easy. <laughs> Come on now. Because data is created to what? No, no. Emotions is created to follow data. And so if, if I have an encounter with God, and this is what happened on, on Tuesday night, two of us, is that we were meant together and we started praying for one another and it was prophetic word and there was other guys that had similar experiences and by seeing other people having knowledge of God and this one having knowledge of God and this one prophesying, suddenly we feel strengthened in the knowledge of God and suddenly my emotions. But remember when you were a child and you were throwing a tantrum and your mother says, and then she goes off and goes, what's wrong? And then eventually, you know, I feel hurt or something. And then the mother has to interpret that because being hurt is usually a general word. So you need to narrow down, okay, what hurts? Your stomach? Your cough? Your, your nose? What, what, what exactly hurts? And then you get into the, okay, is it your stomach? All right, then you get into more detail and eventually you solve the problem. Now this is exactly what you do with your emotions. So first of all, you need to accurately describe what you're feeling. So to say, I feel bad... It's not good enough. But if I say, I feel disappointed, that's a more located emotion. All right, now we know <laughs> what we're dealing with here. Or I feel rejected, or I feel lost, or I feel disillusioned, or disheartened. Now, even in communication, when you're in counseling or working with people, this helps incredibly a lot when you can describe what you're feeling more precisely. All right, so use the list. Is that, is that cool? I've just given you a vocabulary. And you can go and read through that list. And it's interesting when you find that even Chantal and I did this, because she had some bad emotions this week, and I, couldn't, I didn't understand Chantal for the whole week. I mean, oh, Lord Jesus. And eventually when she described the emotion, and I went, oh, okay, now I can locate this thing. All right. Secondly, Emotion follows data. So, what caused this emotion? What happened? Something happened. There's a report that you read. This data <laughs> that you received. Something happened. Someone said something. Someone told you something. Emotions is very specific. Sort of doesn't just happen. So, here's the second thing is to locate exactly what has happened? Okay. Number three. You are responsible for your emotions. So you have to exactly ask what you want and what you need. I just want you to be there for me. No, that's not good enough. I, I, I'm there for you. But what exactly do you want? That's not the answer yet. All right. What do you want me? Is there something specific that I can help you with? No. I just want once a week that you make the food and not me. Okay, that I can do. That's cool. That's, that's, that's getting somewhere. Can we do that? Yeah, all right. Are you following it? So describe the emotion exactly. Describe that caused the emotion exactly. And thirdly, tell exactly what help you need. This is going to help any of you. 
He's like, yeah. And number four, which should be number three or four or two, I don't know, sort of over. Just get the truth first. <laughs> and we know that we are basing a lot of our emotions on a movie that we've just watched. Or, and this is terrible to say, but you know, some people are getting emotional just because they haven't eaten. It's called hangry. Okay, so, so sometimes number four should be first or somewhere, I don't know, but just get to the truth. Because you're feeling something, it's following data, the data is possibly wrong. Can we discuss it? Houston, we have a problem, we need to get through this. All right. Someone comes to me and says, I'm ugly. I'm so ugly. I go, okay, wait a minute, let me go. And I found the ugliest face I could find on the internet. It's like really an ugly, hairy, monster-like, green eyes, skewed, weird face. I said, okay, are we in agreement? That's ugly. Yeah. All right, let me just get your photo here. I see you have all your teeth. I see you have like eyes are sort of skewed. All right, so... Okay, you're not ugly. <laughs> Are you getting me here? Sometimes we build up emotions that aren't simply not the truth. And we need to align ourselves with the truth. I'm going to end. I'm just going, oh, this is the most longest, most exhausting sermon I've ever preached in a long time. But here's the problem, Houston. People don't like dealing with the emotions. We like feeling miserable. <laughs> and, and some of us, by God's grace, go to a psychologist or a pastor or something. Please go for help. But I want to give you an ending hope to understand this better. Years ago, a friend of mine explained emotions like this. He says, young, emotions are like waves. And none of you, me included, will go and stand on the beach and just go, <laughs> I'm going to stop this wave. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, it's going to crush you, right? And, 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 and emotions are like that. I mean, when you're feeling angry about something, you're angry, and you're not going to like, like a cricket ball. You're not going to like, I'm going to catch the cricket ball. You're going to break your hand, for goodness sake. You have to what? Go with the ball and catch it. So I have a very practical thing about emotions. is when you feel angry, go for it. Go and be angry, man. Hit the bag. Take some tools out there and just really... And if you cry, you feel like crying... Well, go for it. Buy a slechter hamburger and cry. Because <laughs> you're not going to stop this emotion. So, you know, if you go with waves, and even if you are taken by a tide, or, a, a, you know, what's it, is it the tide? You're taken by a, a stream or something. Then what they tell you is don't resist the thing. Don't try to pedal against it. You're going to become exhausted. And eventually you're going to drown. So you have to go with it in a way. 
And then you find an escape. So here's the escape. Jesus was raised on the third day. Amen. So if you're depressed, well, go for it. Take a day off. Keep your slippers on and pajamas and go, today is my socking day. Well, go for it and gaan it. You've never heard a sermon like this before. Because, you know, Christians, we, we sort of moralize emotions. No, 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 you shouldn't feel that. Christians, not angry. It says be angry, but do not So go for it. Let it out. And remember the four steps. What's the four steps? Describe the emotion accurately. Describe the problem accurately. Define the help you need accurately. And discover the truth. And that takes some effort. On the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. On the third day, you said, that's enough. Because we don't want to be angry people, do we? We don't want to have depressed people. We don't want to have unhappy people. Amen. We want to channel this emotion. It's like a horse. You need to get to control it somehow. Because it's energy. Amen. And the final practical thing that has helped me in life is part of this knowledge of God thing is he says only faith can please God. That what is not of faith is sin. Amen? So in all these reports coming, data, Messages, Facebook, mails, WhatsApp messages, people talking, gossip, stories. I mean, how do we know? We're getting a lot of data. It's like a data crush thing. (laughs) I've determined that my ears are tuned to faith. The just shall live by faith. Not by sight. Not by feeling. Not listening to bad reports. Listen, listening to the bad reports is not going to change anything. It's just data. Tell, tell you in what a big mess you're in. It's not going to get you out. You can study the report. You're still in the problems. Let me study this report. Let me just really work it out. Maybe there's a solution somewhere there. No, no, it's not. It's just a bad report. Somewhere I have to shift from reports to getting an encounter from God, getting my faith renewed. Because listen to this. Faith is heaven's energy. Faith is God's primary emotion. He lives and is faith. He's the source of faith. Amen? And our victory is faith. So you know what? In, in business, and I've been telling people, don't come to me with problems. Come to me with a solution. Let me just see if you, can, if you use your faith a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to see the problem. You can even see the problem of the sermon tonight. Tell me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but be the solution. Come with faith. Come with a plan that God has given you after you heard and you worked out through your emotions and you 
heard, okay, this is what I need to do. And that is your solution. Guys, I actually want to be say, maybe we should, we, we should close some screens. Maybe there's some news channels where we just go, 